Welcome back, everyone. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for nine years and have two awesome kiddos. Yes, we do. We are very excited to be back here with you again for the second video of this series that we are doing with Mike King out in my hometown, Colorado City in Hildale City. This specific video today that we're going to share with you is in Maxwell Park. Very, very popular park in Hildale, Utah. Yes, it's. I've been there before with Sam. I was not here on this trip, so I'm excited to see this footage for the first time. But it's very beautiful. You can already, like, as soon as it starts, you'll see the gorgeous red mountains. The other side of this park, like, it's the mountains, and then on the other side is Zion National Park. So absolutely gorgeous, fresh water, which I'm hoping you guys took a sip of for yep. me. And <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it and show you all the beauty of Maxwell Park. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful day. It was actually kind of raining on us a little bit. So uh, for me, it was beautiful because I love the rain. So, uh, <laughs> But we we had a great time and just talking a little bit about Mike's experience there as well. Mike King is from Profiling Evil. If you haven't already, go and check out his channel as well. But we'll jump right into it and we look forward to sharing this one with you today. Welcome everyone, my name is Sam from Growing Up in Polygamy. Hey, and I'm Mike from Profiling Evil. Today we are actually standing in Maxwell Park here in Hildale, Utah, my childhood home. My father was the mayor of Hildale and was also in charge of this beautiful park we're standing in right here. So I spent a lot of time right here where I'm standing today as a shorter, younger boy. <laughs> I have a hard time believing you were ever shorter. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, Number one, historically, Maxwell was one of the original founders of Short Creek. Correct, yes. But he didn't own this land. It was actually owned by a family that were not uh, practicing plural marriage. They weren't polygamous. Mm -hmm. But uh, at a certain point, I think within Johnson's reign, when he was the, the leader of the FLDS, he donated or sold the land with a very strict edict mm -hmm. yes. that it always be and always remain a park and not be commercialized. Exactly. He's a very well-known person, Maxwell, and uh, everyone admired him. I believe he actually did donate a lot of the land to the FLDS or to Johnson and the people here. He also, there's this natural water spring where the whole town, even from Colorado City, Arizona, they come here and get their water, their fresh water from these taps right here. And he also wanted to make sure that that was available to the public as well. You know, for years, I've watched this. And when I was uh, investigating cult crimes for the attorney general, I would come here sometimes and park just to see which families were coming. Because it, my hope was that it might be one of those places where I'd see one of the leaders that I was really trying to corner <laughs> and question. <laughs> and uh, it's a place today that you see a mix of of prairie dresses and people that are that are wearing street clothes like you and I now. Yes. Yeah, so nowadays, most everyone that lives in Colorado City and Hildale are people that no longer follow or believe in Warren Jeffs. Uh, all the ones that are strongly believing in Warren Jeffs today have been asked to move out because the this area is being overrun by apostates, as they call them, which are people that have left the church. And they're coming back and reclaiming their land, reclaiming their homes. And so for that reason, most of the FLDS people that follow Warren Jeffs are living in surrounding towns near this area and some of them in North Dakota as well. 
Okay, did you ever see people like outsiders chilling at Maxwell Park, like what Mike King's saying he did? Yes, in fact, uh, I remember, and I always assumed that they were probably from over the hill, the Centennial Park group, but sometimes we would see outsiders randomly showing up at the park. Uh, I even saw a couple times some people sleeping on the picnic tables. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, we would see random things, but... I never went up to ask them where they were from or, or who they were. But yes, we did see some of that, just strangers to us and definitely not dressed like the FLDS were dressed that would come to the park. He said that he would kind of hang out there to look for the uh, leaders. leaders to possibly show up and that. And, you know, I wonder if he ever saw anyone of importance up there because I, we would always run into people from the Short Creek area at this park. But I don't recall ever seeing, I'm trying to remember as a young boy, I don't recall ever having any kind of event or seeing the, the leaders of the church at this park. Most of the time that was at the other park, the one in Colorado City, which is just, you know, five minute drive from here, but the one called Cottonwood Park. That's where most of the big events were held. Interesting. You know, I'll, I'll never lose the image in my mind of coming up here and seeing 50 kids playing in this park, playing softball or mm-hmm. um, or football, and yep. uh, the girls <laughs> running in those prairie dresses, and the boys in the 100-degree the summer heat with yeah. the sleeves down to their uh, that wrists. Was, that was me. That was me right here, actually. We would play a lot of kickball and baseball right here behind me. And, you know, on top of that, my, I remember vividly my mother sitting in a sitting on the grass right here. I don't remember if she was on a chair or just on the grass. And me and a couple of my brothers ran up the mountain behind us and just shot right up the cliff. Uh, actually, a close call. One of my brothers stepped on a rock and almost fell. I had to kind of try to grab him and keep him from falling. But we sometimes I wonder how did we survive? How did we survive? And of course, my mother was down here yelling and trying to get us to come back the whole time, afraid for our lives. But, but man, we had a lot of good times here. Well, you know, um, you say, oh, my brother, but you had 34 siblings, didn't you? <laughs> One of my brothers, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot. take a minute and just share what life in a polygamous family was like, because outside of the um, drama that came with plural marriage, Yes. Kids kind of had a great time, didn't they? We did. You know what? And during my time, <laughs> the majority of my childhood out here was really great. I And not everyone can say that, but I know a lot of others can. I was blessed to be born into a really good family. I feel like my, my mother was very loving, very just an angel. And my father was a hardworking person that taught us a lot of great values. Uh, I mean, yes, there was the strictness that came along with the mentality that everyone had to obey and look up to and in some families the father was almost more like a king figure because of the teachings of the church so there was that side of it where people said you know did you just run up to your dad sometimes and say hey what's up dad not really no it was more of a he was the ruler which we looked up to and obeyed but i feel that he tried to do it in the best and kindest way he could You know, I have heard that so many times from people who live polygamous lifestyles that their closeness was with their mother or mothers Uh and that the father was just kind of someone who flitted in and out. And uh, uh, there was like a a real lack of connection with them, almost a, a disconnect. But 
you've gone through a process where you walked away from the FLDS. Yes. And with that comes some very traumatic family issues. Do you care to share any of that? Sure. Well, unfortunately, when you leave the FLDS church, or at least what became the, the Warren Jeffs church, if you leave, you're not welcome back. And that was because of Warren's teachings. You know, before Warren Jeffs, I had older brothers, and I'm talking way older than me, that had left the church before I was even born, that would come around for Thanksgiving time. And that was before Warren Jeffs put an end to all fun, too, which included Thanksgiving and any other celebrations we had out here. So he, he actually banned the word fun as well. He said, no, no longer can we say fun. If you are enjoying something, you can say it's enjoyable, but nothing should be fun because everything should be for the building up of the kingdom of God and no fun shall be had in my, in my town, basically is what he said. You know, I, I don't know. The God I believe in, I think, really likes fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right. it, it is a, another way of coercive control in these organizations in a way which people uh, are then subjected to, to emotional punishment, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I want to get one elephant out of the room here, and that was uh, when I came into town as a police officer, mm -hmm. and I'd pull up and, and, and see a bunch of kids like Sam Zitting out playing baseball. <laughs> what was going through your mind? Well, that's a great question, and uh, honestly... Not only, I wouldn't say so much afraid as just very unhappy to see any outside police officers. Because within the FLDS church, when I was out here, we did have our own local officers, police officers, which I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with. But of course, they were obeying Warren Jeffs as well. So you can see how that could be it's good to be king, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but a good thing on my side for the local police officers, and then I'll get to the outsiders was the fact that my father being the mayor, I didn't feel like I was really ever going to get into trouble because he was the mayor of a city. So so the police officers, in a way, looked up to him and respected him. And so anyway, that was helpful. But as far as outsiders, you know, especially law enforcement outsiders, we were taught to believe that you were all wicked, evil people trying to come in and destroy the church of God. Now, that was kind of taught by the church, uh, Everyone being wicked wasn't necessarily taught in my family, but it was an idea throughout the town. And so when we would see a police officer come up and, you know, if we could tell right away that you weren't a part of the FLDS church, we would either try to run and hide or we would just give very displeasing looks, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, I was the recipient of many of those displeasing looks. Hey, before we leave Maxwell Park, just kind of help people understand this incredible vista that we're looking at yes. and where it really is situated because it's a place where worldwide people will know the area that exactly. this is. Yes. So right behind me, if you were to walk over that mountain, just a quick little easy walk, right? Over this mountain, you would actually come down into Zion National Park, very well known park throughout the world here in Southern Utah. And so we actually have the beauty of Zion National Park in our backyard. And that was my that was my backyard. That was where I spent my time. We weren't allowed to have any TV or video games or all of that stuff. And so we spent our time outside. And honestly, that is one of the reasons I feel that I had such a great childhood. But yes, very, very beautiful. I think I took it for granted when I lived here, like most people do when they live in a beautiful place. But yeah. it was a, a very beautiful place to live. 
Well, it is absolutely incredible. And over my shoulder is the what's the name of that peak? Uh, so people call it El Capitan. And of course, that comes from a more well-known mountain in California, but it was also named El Capitan. And that was a place that you can, there's a there's an American flag on the top of that peak. And we would spend a lot of time climbing that mountain. And if you look at it, you, you wonder how can you climb a sheer cliff? But yeah. there is a way to get up there. It's not easy, but you can hike up that mountain too. And how many members of the community over the years perished making that climb? Uh, you know, surprisingly, no one in my family. But <laughs> I can't. There, I don't really know for sure about that specific peak. But there were mountains around us here where there was life lost in in hiking around some of these mountains. Yeah. And one of those mountains is actually one that was forbidden to hike because. So we were told by leaders of the church that Gadianton robbers lived or their spirits still lived and dwelled in some of these surrounding mountains here. And so we weren't allowed to hike some of the mountains. And now I don't I, I still wonder to this day if maybe there was something hidden in those mountains that they didn't, just didn't want us to find or or what exactly the reason for that was. But we were afraid to hike some of these mountains. Real quick, babe, do you want to describe to people who are watching this going, who the heck are the Gadianton robbers and why would their spirits make for a scary place? Everybody doesn't just know that already? <laughs> I don't think so. Interesting. <laughs> so Gadianton robbers, they are, I don't know if you'd call them characters or they are people within the Book of Mormon. And in the Book of Mormon, they were these bad people that would go and steal and murder. And they're just awful people that would hurt those around them. I don't remember where exactly they came from in the in the Book of Mormon. I don't know oh. if you do, but mm -hmm. but they were just very well known in some of the books throughout the Book of Mormon. And so in the FLDS, of course, they read the Book of Mormon, and they took that one of the leaders, and it, this was before Ruthen Jeffs had passed away. So I don't know who came up with this theory necessarily, but one of the leaders told us that because of some experience or revelation they had, that they knew that these evil people, their spirits after they had died, remained on, like almost like ghosts, remained on this mountain out there. And because of that, we weren't allowed to ever go climb it, or we were told that if we did, we could get seriously hurt, captured, killed, whatever it might be. And so, of course, me, myself, and I know most of the people out there, that knew of this anyway, didn't ever dare climb this, some of the mountains. Not, not the ones that we're looking at here in this video, but some other mountains. And so anyway, and there were stories told about people that did go, did go and try to climb this mountain, and they were never seen again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if that's true or if they were just campfire stories to scare us to not climb the mountain. <laughs> I still, I hadn't really thought about it when I was out there, but now I'm thinking, man, Maybe there was something hidden in that mountain that they just didn't want us to find. I don't know. But but there were a lot of other mountains to hike as a young boy, so I chose not to hike the Gadiant Robber Spirit Mountain. <laughs> uh, it makes you think of all these movies that have come out where there have been those kinds of ghost stories, and it was a mine that was uh, holding gold or something yes, like that. Yes. Hey, so we're going to pan out on a drone here and kind of look at Maxwell Park and then kind of swing around in a 360-degree radius and look at the area. 
I love this this picture here that he has. Now, this is in the winter, obviously. You can see a little bit of snow here, but it is generally a lot more green than what we're seeing right now, like the grass and different things. But yes, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this video that with Mike that my father was in charge of the park, and that is true. A lot of what was done to the park and upgrades and things was because he made sure it happened. But because he was in charge, I also spent a lot of time as a young boy, and a lot of my other family members did as well, coming up, mowing the grass, pulling weeds, uh, <laughs> making these adjustments. You can see there's this restroom down here that is completely, the walls are completely faced with this real stone, and that was me and my brothers that did that. So I spent a lot of time not only playing, but working, or at least supposed to be working, uh, <laughs> in this park. And it wasn't too far, actually, from my childhood home. I could, We could run up and down this road, and it would probably take us, I don't know, 30 minutes to get home, or maybe even less, depending on how fast we wanted to do that. But, <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to point out, this was a lot, or a lot of my time was spent here at this park growing up. And are these the mountains, now that we're facing the opposite direction of what you guys were, are those the mountains that had the Gadiant and Robber yes. spirits? So now Mike's drone here has picked up the Gadiant and Robber spirit mountains. So those are the ones. Take a good look. Don't hike those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have to point out, I have hiked them now. After I realized that I no longer believed in what I was told, or at least everything I was told growing up, I went back to prove a point and hike the mountain just to say, or yes, to be able to say that, hey, I did it. I'm still here. I'm glad I'm here. Who knows what could have happened. <laughs> I'm glad you're here too, babe. <laughs> here, just behind us, there's a couple picnic tables you can see. And we would come up here some days with a family. And when I say family, yes, I mean uh, a village of people. We would come up here and have a picnic or something. And we would just run around as young young kids and play tag or frisbee or whatever we could get our hands on. But we had a lot of fun and a lot of memories up here. There was a horseshoe pit. I don't know if it's still here or not, but we would play horseshoes a lot. And I remember back in those days, I could barely lift up the horseshoe to try to try to get a ringer. But but we just there was always something to do outdoors. And that was where we focused most of our entertainment. You know, it's interesting. Uh, philosophically, if we could just disconnect a little today from the way we live and embrace some of that in the way you lived, but find balance, which right. never yes. happens in a cult. There's never <laughs> balance. But if you could have had the opportunity to enjoy good cinema and watch the news and, and mm -hmm. yet still have all that time out in the woods and time to think, right. imagine uh, what that would have done. And we talked about it this, this morning with uh, the woman from the school about how important transparency is. Correct. Yes. Very, very important. When, when a group of people are trying to hide everything from the outside world, it should ra should raise some red flags. In my case, we were told that we were hiding for the, for the God, for God. We were hiding for Him, and it was because the outside world would come in and destroy us. So, of course, they found excuses. But as a young boy, I didn't see any red flags. But from the outside looking in, of course, I see a lot now. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, let's move down into your neighborhood where your All home right. is. Uh, I want to first stop, though, at the Baby Cemetery, because it was a place that troubled me for many, many years. Frankly, today still troubles me over the fear of children that might have been buried that were never documented and no record to ever show they existed. Right. So we'll talk about that. Sounds and great. then let's walk across the street to your house. Okay. <laughs> See you all there.
Okay, well, we, as you already saw, as Mike introduced, next week is going to be at the Baby Cemetery. We've had a lot of questions about that before, so hopefully we'll get some answers. And if you want to hear more of what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy or see more content like this where Sam gets to show you around his hometown, then please like and subscribe. Yes, and thank you all for watching and being here with us again today. Thank you, Mike. Mike King, once again, if you haven't, go check out his channel. He's got a lot of interesting information there as well. We had a great time. I, I don't know. I feel like it's always, it's interesting how much more there is to talk about every time I'm discussing my childhood with someone else. You know, yeah. other questions come up, other thoughts run through my head. So this was a cool experience. Thank you all so much. We look forward to talking to you next week. We'll talk to you soon.